Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Um, it's Patricia Warby, Alchemy Therapies. And I just wanted to talk this morning about something I've been involved in in the last uh, month or so, which is writing a new book called The Dementia Diaries. And I wanted to talk about my mother's situation when she went through dementia. My mum passed on just over a year ago now. Um, and it was an extraordinary experience. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's one I want to repeat ever. Um, it was very, very difficult. She began to show signs probably about six years prior to her death. Um, and I kind of wanted to show how a family deals with the situation of a, a relative who's got dementia and who doesn't necessarily know <laughs> because we didn't we didn't get her diagnosed in the end we debated whether we would or not because uh, we knew it would put her through a lot of stress to know that she had dementia so we just used to call it her confusion um and we used to sort of laugh and joke about it a little and and treat it kindly but what I learned through that experience, I've now distilled into a book, which I've called The Dementia Diaries. Um, I just want to show you it's on Amazon now. Um, so I'm going to show you. There it is. Uh, so I've I titled it uh, Lessons in Letting Go Gracefully, A Daughter's Tale, because basically I wanted to say from my position obviously I'll, I'll stop sharing now um well before I do uh, dementia is not the end of the world it can be managed so that it is a time of humility and grace and learn from my experience from with my mother so it's it's something that I basically wanted to do because I wanted to show people that dementia doesn't have to be something that you are, can be afraid of you know most people are afraid of losing their cognitive capacity of course and it it isn't pleasant but you can make it a lot easier when you don't get afraid of the condition and so we found various strategies um just to distill some of them the first thing is never to disagree okay it's one of the most important ones i learned Early on, I used to argue with my mum, no, that's not true. No, you're misunderstanding or you've dreamt that. Or, and it used to make her really, really agitated because her brain was telling her this was true. To give you an example, she would say something like, um, uh, Alan's up a tree, right? Alan's my brother. Alan's up a tree, uh, so he can't answer the phone. So that's why she rung me. You see, in her mind, that's entirely true. Uh, Alan was a, is a gardener, so it's not entirely out of character that he might be up a tree, but, you know, it was just a, a standard phrase she had. And in the beginning, I would say, no, he's not. No, he's at home, mum, you know. But of course, that would agitate her because then she would think why she couldn't get hold of him or why he hadn't rung her. But if we agreed that he was up a tree, that was a perfectly reasonable explanation. So you can see that it just made life a lot easier. Other things we had to do, we had to sort of change the layout of where she lived. So we'd have to um, 
cover everything with soft materials because she kept bumping into stuff. That's something not many people talk about. They, they assume it's all mental, but there's a physical aspect to dementia as well. The actual bodily awareness, the spatial awareness becomes less. And particularly if the person is elderly, they're frail, they will tend to bump into things and knock themselves. And for mum, that was a huge problem because she would end up with horrible leg ulcers where she scraped or bumped herself. So everything was covered in blankets or bubble wrap, pretty much. All the sharp corners we got rid of. Um, the other thing we did was we got rid of a lot of stuff that was hanging around that she simply couldn't make decisions about what to get rid of and what to keep. So learning to manage um, the clutter and getting rid of anything that she didn't need surreptitiously, of course, we couldn't do that in front of her because she believed she needed everything that she had. So she would have like 10 bottles of shampoo, half empty, uh, because she bought another one because she didn't remember that she had one already. Um, and so we would just decant what we could and get rid of what we didn't need. And, and clothes were another issue because she would love to uh, pretend that she had, you know, she could try on all these different clothes, but actually most of them didn't fit her anymore because she'd lost a lot of weight she had um she had vascular dementia i believe and um it was it was sort of brought about by a heart condition so there were lots of things that we had to do with her clothes like get rid of quite a lot um i had to buy quite a few new ones to fit her decreasing frame uh, but of course she wouldn't like that because she feels like then treating her like a child she wanted to choose them herself so the other thing i learned to do was was present the clothes as if she'd asked me to get them so I would say here are the trousers that you asked me to get mom <laughs> and, and she would go oh and assume that I had uh, uh, been following her direction and then she was much more likely to accept them and of course yeah that is it's deceitful and as I've said in the book dementia makes de deceitful uh, responses because you have to play the game that works and not battle the situation with the truth sometimes. So I've I've created the book really in nine lessons. That's what I decided to do. Nine is a nice number. It's it's a uh, not too many, but they're kind of all the things that we learned as we went through, uh, um, and not just sort of practical things like the ones I've talked about, but some of the more sort of spiritual component. You know, um, the friendships. The, the the meaning making uh, of a life watching some of her social relationships change you know because she she loved to be social and as she got more and more enclosed in her own head that became more and more difficult but singing was a way through um, it's one that we found out towards towards the end of her journey that she might not remember what she did yesterday or or what she was planning to do tomorrow but she remembered all the lyrics to her favorite songs and we would just sing because singing has a wonderful well it's a it actually rebalances your nervous system so it has a vagal toning effect but it, it just made her happy and we would sing her favorite song which um i've recounted in the book as well and so there are many ways in which a person can go through this with their loved one without feeling hopeless, um, without getting 
despairing. And so that's why I wrote the book. And I actually got help. I got help in two respects. Uh, I'm going to show you the first one, which is actually I had when I went through mum's stuff, I had a copy of one of her diaries um, from 2015, which was about six years before she died. And so this is just when the dementia was beginning to show. And so it's a really good example of uh, what happens because the kinds of things she wrote in here, well, they were they were practical things. She didn't write her, her thoughts. It was just things that she was going to do. Um, and so there are there are little gems in here about the kinds of relationships she had, the kind of uh, activities she loved, and some of the things that began to impinge on her. So this is the year she had her heart bypass. So it's a very crucial year. Uh, sorry, not her heart, heart bypass. She called it the heart bypass. <laughs> I'm getting confused now. Uh, her pacemaker fitted. She had a pacemaker fitted, which prevented her from having another blackout. She actually, her heart stopped at one point um, when she was about 78. And they realised that her heart rhythm wasn't wasn't regular. So they, they fitted a pacemaker. And, and she was written in this diary. She's written heart bypass. <laughs> and, um, and then in brackets pacemaker so I I think it's a very crucial year um, but it also shows you all the different things that she would do like her hair appointments which were so crucial and towards the end couldn't she couldn't do anymore and uh, I and her her carer ended up doing her hair which you know I'm not a hairdresser but I did my best and the carer used to set it for her and and so this was the year she kind of still was independent and would go out and do all her own things. But you could start to see the decline. And as we chart the next six years, I sort of show you other extracts from her diaries. And also I, I interviewed her. Um, it was it was in I think it was 2010. I did a, a fairly long interview with her as I had just inherited a dictaphone kind of machine. Now, this was before mobile phones had um, memo, you know, audio memos. And I recorded her talking about her childhood. And so I've included some of the transcripts of that as well, because I think the past does impinge when people get dementia. They remember the past much more than they remember the present. And so uh, getting her to talk about her past then and being able to match that to what she was telling me now um, was very important because she started to have what I believe were visitations from, you know, her, the people that she had lost, her mother, her grandmother, my dad. Um, she would say to me, my, my grandma's been to visit and I knew what she meant. She had had a dream or a visitation, if you like, from her grandma. And I knew that meant that she didn't have long, you know. Um, it was a, a very strange time, but I wanted to include some of her history because I wanted to put it in context, why her grandmother was so important to her. And you'll learn in the book why that was particularly so, because um, my mum was brought up by her grandma for a while. Uh, it's a very interesting story of two twins um, being separated. And I, I've included the transcript from parts of that interview, I've missed out the parts that weren't relevant, 
And I've got plenty more material to create more books from that, actually, because it's a very interesting story, her history. And then the second transcript I've included at the end of the book is one that we had with her after she'd passed. Um, and I've said in brackets, skeptics be amazed, because obviously many of you are wondering, how could you have a conversation with someone after they've passed? Well, you can. Uh, if you have somebody very skilled to kind of channel that. And yes, I was very, very skeptical. I was. Uh, but I had a colleague, a friend who has that ability and sat down with me and she knew nothing about my mum. I hadn't told her anything. I just said she'd recently passed. And we had this amazing conversation where my mum clearly was guiding her to tell me things because she couldn't possibly have known half of the stuff. And not just the information, but the way it was delivered was very much my mother. The humour, the way she uh, acted physically, um, some of the things that she talked about were just very, very clear. So I've included the transcript of that, that conversation as well, because my mother said, now get this, she said, <laughs> we're going to be writing a book together. And I was like, at the time I had the, um, the conversation, I was like, I, I don't know what what were you talking about and of course now it's become really obvious to me yes of course we're writing this book together of course we are I have her diary uh, I have her memories I have I have connection and memories of my own and now I've brought them together in this in this short book it's um, 100 pages roughly and I've called it the dementia diaries because that's really what inspired this work. And if any of you are interested, I will include the link below. It's available on Amazon now. And I'm hoping to do an audiobook version in the not too distant future as well. So thank you for listening. If any of you have questions about dementia, um, the links and references at the end of the book may also be useful. And of course, you can reach out you can reach out to me if, if you're interested in connecting and to any of the other uh, dementia charities, of which there are many. And please do not despair. It is a time of challenge, there is no doubt, but it is also a time to reconnect with your loved one in a way that perhaps you wouldn't have been able to do. And that's what happened to us. And I'm exceedingly grateful for the time we had, even though I'll be honest, it was it was a relief when she finally died because um, it was such a hard situation for her. So um, if you want to hear what she thought about that, uh, that letting go, then grab the book. You'll find out. Take care, everybody. Lots of love to you all. Bye bye. Hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.